Hallelujah, Mike said. Do you hear that? Hallelujah. You could say it, man. It means praise the Lord. We just got done singing that, man. How can you not say that, right? All right, praise the Lord, amen. amen. That's our job, man, to praise the Lord, man. Our job is to know God and to make God known, amen. That's our job, man. man so let me know, okay. All right, how many here, how many of you here would say that's your job? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If, would you call yourself a Christian? Raise your hand. I know some of you people have a problem with that word. All right. Maybe you, if you would call yourself a Jesus follower, raise your hand. All right. A Jesus person. The church. All right. Crazy freak for Christ. Right on right here. All right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay, as you know, anytime I ask you to raise your hand, it's usually a setup, right? Right on, man. And so, that's right. So here's the deal, man. You can't, you can't just claim the title and not own the position, amen? Here's what I want to tell you today, right? You know what? You cannot expect, all right, to, to claim the name of Christ and not bear the sufferings of Christ. Okay, wow, this sounds like a fun sermon. All right? You cannot, you know, you cannot you just you know, expect to claim the, the, uh, the, the name of Christ and not expect to bear the sufferings of Christ, man. We can't just claim the title. We got to own the position, right? After about 20 years of, of serving the Lord and, 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 and preaching the gospel, the Apostle Paul, all right, after and preaching the gospel in in the middle of a bunch of of, of oppression and, and opposition and affliction and even getting beat down for it, he was still he was still recorded to say in Romans chapter one verse sixteen he says this I am not ashamed of the gospel Amen for it is it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. All right, to the Jew first, you know, the ones who know God already, and also to the Greeks, the one who didn't know that they could know God. All right, he owned it, right? He owned it continually, and he, after 20 years of being beat down for the gospel, he still claimed it to a city that he would later be beheaded in for claiming that gospel. The Apostle Paul, man, he was crazy. He did it. He prayed that very gospel, the gospel that we claim, the gospel, man, it is good to see you guys. Been praying for you too, all right? Anyways, never mind, private story. Now your business, don't worry, what you got to try to get in our business for, man? We got something going on here, all right? All right, praise the Lord. So, so take this out. All right, the gospel, man, the one that we claim, when we bear the name of Christ, when we bear the name Jesus person, Jesus follower, the church, all right, we claim the gospel. What is that gospel? Just to sum it up kind of quickly here in a little bit of a package, there's way more moving parts that I'm about to share, all right? But, but we, we know this much, man. We didn't start this party, all right? We didn't kick this world into motion. We're not responsible to keep it turning, all right? That's God's job. He's a, we sometimes think it's our job to stop it from turning, all right, to ruin the whole thing. But it's his job. It's his story. It's been his story from the beginning to the end. John chapter 1, verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about our beginning. They're talking about it all. This is the beginning of the gospel. Everything he made was good, even very good when he made us. And we were the ones who were created in his image. And yet we were the ones that were given the opportunity at, at any moment to cut and run, all right, that we, we could do it. And we took that opportunity, we did. To turn our backs on him, we did. 
God created us, man, and he loved us. And he gave us an opportunity to turn our backs on him, man. And we did, and we've been doing it since. We've been running since. And sometimes we, we run so hard, all right, and so far that we think that there's no way back. But God, in his great love, but God, in his great justice, but God, in his great mercy, but God, in his great grace, has provided a way back to him through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Offering his son, his son offering his own life, all right, through his blood, his sacrifice, his death for our life and his resurrection for our eternity, amen? That whoever will believe in him will not, will not perish forever, be annihilated, all right? A kick to the curb, but would have ever, 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 everlasting life and our great God and King for eternity, man. This is the gospel. This is why we can say, yeah, I'm a Christian. This is why I can say, I'm a Jesus person. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm the church. This is who the Jesus people are, man. This is the church, man. It sounds crazy, huh? This, this whole story sounds crazy when you just lay it all out, right? Because he's returning. He's coming back. He who died and rose again, all right, ascended into heaven, sent us his Holy Spirit, empowers us to live the life that he is calling us to live for his glory and his glory alone. He will return. He's coming back for his church, amen? We know this, all right? And it sounds crazy. And when we talk to people about it, we're asking ourselves, am I crazy? All right, but this is what we believe. This is what we we, this, this is what we not only believe, this is what we count on. We live by it. We love from it. Why in the world do we trip then, man, when, when life gets so crazy because of the gospel? Why do we trip, man? You know what I mean? Well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be suffering. There's books out there that said I shouldn't suffer. There's books out there that said it should be easy street right now. I should be living the best life ever. All right, there's all kinds of books out there that says I shouldn't have a hard time because I've given my life to Christ and it should be an easy road, but that's not what the scriptures tell us. We can't expect to bear the name of Christ and not expect to bear any of the sufferings of Christ. You can't read a book in the Bible, any book in the Bible, and not see men and women who are following Jesus or following God suffering. You can't read one without seeing suffering, man. Read through the New Testament. You cannot read without seeing suffering, affliction, oppression. Yeah, there's great glory. Yeah, there's great blessings. Yes, there is, it's an amazing life in Christ. Life is better in Christ, and in Christ I'm better at life, but it doesn't mean that it's a suffer-free life. It doesn't mean that it's a pain-free life. The, where we're at in, in verse Peter, uh, uh, I was going to say the apostle Blake just got through saying, um, our pastor Blake is what I was trying to say. Maybe he's an apostle. I don't know. All right. Uh, <clears throat> just got through sharing that. We're just reading through this, this book of the Bible. And as these scriptures are in line for what's next, that's what we're talking about. And here's where we're at. First Peter chapter four, we're in verse 12. I think we're going through verse 19. If you have an app you want to open up there, if you have your Bible you want to open up, like you, if you're old school and you got those things that you got to like open and go like this and it makes that crinkling sound. <laughs> I got a couple of those, man. They're cool. 
All right. But we'll also have the scriptures up here on the board. On the board. <laughs> Those things, see? The board. Praise the Lord. Let me pray, man. I need to pray. Father, we just give you praise. And we just give you honor and we give you the glory, Lord God. And Father, we just pray in the name of Christ that you just help us to understand, to, to, to lead us for your glory, your word, Lord God, your story. And help us to, to get on in. Because according to you, we fit on in. And so we just want to give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You can't expect to bear the name of Christ and not bear the sufferings of Christ. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, be loved. Don't be surprised that the fiery trial comes upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. All right? You can't, you can't expect that. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like this, like I'm wearing a dress and this is blowing up my skirt and somebody's looking at me. I don't know how to turn this off, but maybe if somebody could come over here and go click, it would be awesome. <laughs> anyways, sorry, you didn't need to hear all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, anyways, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes you got to be careful. My, my wife's not here. And when she's not here, I potential of going too far. And then I hear it later on. So anyways, praise the Lord. What are we talking about? Jesus. All right, check this out. Beloved, don't be surprised. I love the fact that he begins with beloved. Be loved, right? Yeah, you know, we, we claim this title love. A few weeks ago, I shared with you that we need to own some B words in our life, right? Who are we going to be? We can't just go out there and try to do things, all right? If we can be the person, all right, the doing will come natural. And so I challenge you with some B words, man. What, is, what does it mean, you know, to, 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 to be you know, loving, to be honest, to be pure, to be real, to be loyal, all right? Well, number one, I challenge you to be his. And if you would just be his, you will automatically own the position possession, own that possession, own that, 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 that title, all right? You would own that position of being his, of being loved. And he, I love when he, when, he, when he speaks to us in these terms, because when I first realized that God actually loved me, and it was, it was a while, it took a little bit, because I didn't love me, right? You know, I don't know if anybody's been there. I did not love me. I could not stand the sound of my own name, all right? And I didn't love me, man. And and when I realized that he loved me, regardless of how I felt about myself, it brought me to tears. A grown man, well, actually a little boy that can shave, all right? I thought he was a man and didn't become a man until I realized that I was actually loved by, anyways. All right, praise the Lord. And I own this position, man. When you see this word, when you're reading through the scriptures and it's addressing you as being loved, take a moment to breathe in and to actually remind yourself that I am loved. No matter what's going on, no matter how crazy life is getting right now, no matter how insane things are around me, no matter how attacked that I, attacked that I might feel, disregarded I might feel, unwanted I might feel, recognize that I am loved. Amen. So he says, be loved. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial. When? Because like, it's going to happen. When it comes. He didn't say if. He says when it comes to test you. And you're like, why has God always got to be testing me? It's not that kind of test, man. It's not, he's not up there with a clipboard trying to see if you're going to pass the test. It's literally so you can prove to yourself whether or not you are his. 
Can you prove to yourself that, that whether you are his, man, because I'm going to tell you this right here, man. You know what? It's easy to be his when all the blessings are rolling in. Amen. It's easy to, man, I just got blessed here. I just got blessed here. I just got blessed here. It's real easy to be God's kid when all the blessings are rolling in. Amen. It is. It's when things get crazy and because of the name that you bear, when things get crazy, because you're a Christian, when things get crazy, because you're a Jesus person, when things get out of hand, because you're the church and you follow Christ, well, that's when the crowd begins to thin. And when that happens, I want to ask you, man, are you on your way out or are you settled to stay in? Are you here just to get blessed? Did you show up here this morning just to get blessed? I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but or are you here to bless his name? To bless his name. And then also understand how you can be a blessing to other people. Is that why you're here? You see, suffering wasn't a strange thing for Jesus. And it wasn't a strange thing for his church. And we have to talk about this, man. We have to talk about, we can't, I love reading, you know, again, preaching through a book of the Bible because you can't skip stuff. You have to address a lot of things. And I love that we're talking about this right now, man. And it doesn't seem like a very popular subject, but I love how a very great theologian, her name is Emery Kincaid. I don't know if you know her or not, but you do well. All right. She said this, I love what she said. I'm going I'm to quote her right here. She said that we are spiritually malnourished. We search for substitutes like junk food to satisfy us when it comes to the scriptures. Substitutes like you don't have to suffer. You're not supposed to suffer. Let's, get, let's live a suffer-free life. Of course we would love that. She said that some preachers will feed this junk food and not challenge the church the problem with junk food, and I love this, the problem with junk food is it doesn't affect you immediately. So we're sitting around later wondering, how in the world did I get here? <laughs> so far from the truth. What truth? The truth we're talking about today, man, we cannot expect to bear the name of Christ and not expect to bear any of the sufferings of Christ. So the apostle Peter the one, the same guy who was with Jesus when Jesus said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go and I have to go and suffer and die and be, you know, mistreated and stuff like that. Peter, Peter was the one who said, no, 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 you're not. No, you're not, man. You know what? I, you know, I'm not, not as long as I'm alive, Jesus. I got you. I'm here. You're all right. Jesus, don't you worry. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be here with, I'm here with you, Jesus. Jesus said, get back, dude. You don't even know what you're talking about. He actually says, get behind me, Satan. I don't know about you. If I was hanging around with Jesus and he called me Satan, I think there were some problems that I need to fix, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, you know what I mean? And, and you know, he says, look, you don't even know, man. You just, you just focus on the things of men, not the things of God. Sometimes suffering must come for the name of Christ, in the name of Christ. That same Peter, now he's writing, you know what, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice when the glory is, when his glory is revealed. Pete knew what he was talking about. 
He knew what he was talking about because after Christ was crucified, all right, after he, you know, denied Christ, you know, and, and after later he saw a resurrected Jesus and after he was restored by Jesus and after he watched Jesus ascend into heaven and after he himself was filled with the Holy Spirit along with men and women in the church filled with the Holy Spirit and after they all started preaching and after all of Jerusalem, everybody in Jerusalem came to kind of look, hear what in the world's going on and after they preached this and after all the religious leaders were like, hey, you can't do that and they did it again anyways and after they healed some dude, all right, and after they told the church how, or the, 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 the community how this guy got healed and by the name of Jesus and by his name only and after they were arrested for it, after they were challenged not to speak the name and after they were cut loose and after the church started to grow and grow and grow and all kinds of people were, 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 were really calculating whether or not they should join the church or not to be a part of the church or not and decided to do anyways. And at that moment, how the religious leaders of that time started getting all jealous of what was taking place and then went and gathered all the apostles Peter, James, John, all right, uh, Matthew, uh, uh, Bartholomew, Nathaniel, all those guys, they started gathering them all and put them in jail, locked them up. And they were praising the Lord in jail, suffering for the name of Christ. And that night, check it out, what was crazy, that night, an angel of the Lord shows up, all right? Didn't even come through the back door, came right in unlocked the doors, took off their handcuffs, all right, and told them, now I want you guys to go out and teach all the people the words of this life. Preach the words of this life. Tell them what this looks like to live a gospel-centered life. And so they were suffering in prison, and he, the, the angel of the Lord released them from prison, Acts chapter 5, released them from prison, and they weren't just released so they can be comfortable. They were released on purpose. So many times we pray to be, to be, to, to, for the suffering to end just so we could be comfortable again. When you are, when you are blessed, all right, and when you are miraculously set free from suffering or any kind of pain, know that you've been set free for a reason. You've been set free for a purpose, and it is to go out and preach the words of this life. Amen? Come on, man. This is what we're talking about. And they did. They went out there and check this out. The religious leaders, they're back over here at the jailhouse. You know what, man? Why don't you go get those guys? We're going to go ahead and put it to them, man. You know what I mean? Go down and get them. And they went down and checked the jailhouse. Guess what? They came back and they said, dude, they're not there. And the, 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 the jail's locked. He's, he's, he's probably stuttering. The, the, the jail's locked. And, and the, the, the handcuffs are still, they're still, everything's still there. But they're not there. And then some dude comes running in, dude, they're totally outside and they're preaching again. They're doing it again. They're like, go arrest them again. So they, they went and arrested them again and they're so angry. They're so mad. They bring them in, man. They bring them in and they're like, hey, man, we told you guys not to be doing this, not to be preaching in the name of Jesus. We arrested you once. I don't know how you got out but <laughs> we're going to arrest you again. And Peter, the one who wrote this, God, this, this, this letter, 
stood up and said among them in Peter 5.29, I mean, Acts 5.29 says, but Peter the apostle answered, and the apostles answered him and says, we must obey God, all right, rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by, he pointed right at him, you know that got him mad, all right, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader, you ain't leaders, as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we're as witnesses to these things. And so is, so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given us to those who obey him. Peter didn't, he didn't back down. He preached the gospel in the street. He preached the gospel to the oppression. He says, look at, I ain't changing. God set me free. And he's right in front of these guys that he knows what's gonna happen. And they got so mad. The scriptures say they got so mad they wanted to kill him. They just wanted to kill him. But there was a really, really smart guy hanging out. I can't pronounce his name. It starts with a G. All right, we'll call him the little G because we have a big old G that loves me. He ain't that G. We'll call him another G, Gamaliel. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But anyways, he was there. And he says, hey, man, put those guys over here for a minute. Let me talk to you religious leaders. And he just kind of schooled them. on like, hey, dude, man, if these guys are working with God, you probably don't want to mess with it. Right? You probably don't want, I mean, it'd probably be a smart thing to do. But if they're not, man, then it's just going to fall apart anyways. Gave him some really wise counsel. So these guys said, all right, little G, no problem, man. So cool. So they called them back in. They called the guys back in. <laughs> they called them back in. All right. And, and check this out in Acts chapter five, verse 40. When they called them back in, they called in the apostles, they beat them. All right, they smacked them around. Come on, you're back in here. We're going to smack them around some. And they, and they challenged them. They charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they let them go. What do you think happened? Okay. No, man. They, they, look, they, in Acts 541, they left, they left the presence of the council. They're rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Christ. Because why? They know that you cannot claim, all right, expect to claim the name of Christ and not expect to bear any of the sufferings of Christ. They knew this. And look at verse 42. Every day. They told them, don't do this. They did it every day, all right? Church wasn't just on Sunday. It was on Monday. Then it was on Tuesday. Then it was on Wednesday, morning, afternoon, and night. They preached the, every day in the temple from, and from house to, and they went to everybody's house to make sure everybody got the message. They did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. They were set free for a reason. They were delivered for a reason. But after this, they weren't always delivered. The story doesn't always work out as favorably as we might think. Sometimes God's plans aren't the kind of plans that we are holding on to. Check it out. Later on, things got real, real crazy. The apostle Matthew, he got his head chopped off with a sword for claiming Christ. The apostle John, he died of a natural death, but they tried boiling him in oil first and it didn't work. That's kind of a thing that I would like, man, just make this work. Because it, you know what I mean? It didn't work. Peter was crucified upside down. James was beheaded in Jerusalem. 
the James, the little brother of Jesus who wrote the book of James, he was thrown off of a building after he was up there preaching the gospel, thrown off this building. He didn't die when he hit the ground, so they beat him with clubs. Religious people were doing this. Philip was hanged. Bartholomew was whipped and beaten until he was dead. Andrew, all right, he was crucified. And while he was crucified, he preached until he died from the cross. Thomas, run through with a spear. The apostle Jude, not Judas, was executed with, with bow and arrows and stuff. Matthias was stoned. Bartholomew was, was, was stoned, the old-fashioned kind, with stones. All right. It doesn't always work out the way we want it to work out. These, these are our early church fathers, right? They knew that you can't expect to bear the name of Christ and not expect to bear any of the sufferings of Christ. I always ask God for miracles. I always ask God for miracles. You know what I mean? And I'm always expecting miracles. I'm not going to stop. I'm not just going to say, ah, oh, you know what? It's probably going to get, you know, like these guys here, something like that. I'm going to pray. We always should be praying for miracles. Amen. When there's, a, when there's oppression, when there's affliction, when there's, even when there's sicknesses and just natural causes and stuff like that. All right. We should always be praying for miracles. And sometimes, you know what? I get to see miracles, really killer miracles, amazing miracles. But I also know that when I don't see a miracle, that God has a purpose and I trust him. I trust him. I don't always agree. And I can say that as I don't always agree with how God handled this, but I am, when it becomes, when it's, when it's between his sovereignty and my desires, I just kind of remind myself, I'm just like a little kid who doesn't understand why our parents are moving again. I don't get it. But later on when I grew up, I realized, okay, that was a good move. We probably should have moved. You know what I mean? I don't always agree, man, but I'm not always right. We got a lot of answers, man. When it comes to this suffering, man, we got, I mean, there's so many books that are written and some very, very good ones. An amazing book to read on suffering is Why Suffering by Ravi Zacharias and Vince Vitale. I got a couple of quotes I'm going to share with that. But there's some good stuff out there. But we have all these answers. But the problem is we don't know how to apply a lot of the answers, right? Because we still really don't understand suffering. We've been protected from suffering our whole life or we've, we have been protecting ourselves from suffering our whole life. And, and I understand that, man. You know, and that's, that's not a problem. But, what, but what we, when, we, when we live lives that are just continually, all right, not allowing you, know, we choose the scene of our own suffering, don't we? You know, you know what? I, I, I just need to work out more. All right, this is gonna hurt. All right, no pain, no gain. All that good stuff, right? Right now, I'm suffering hardcore because I'm not eating sugar you know, like I should, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I cut down like, well, today's a great day for me because it's my half day where I get to eat sugar and all kinds of fun stuff. All right. <clears throat> I go six and a half days. And, but it's, but, it, but it, you know, at first it was hardcore. I couldn't believe I was going to be able I wake up in the middle of the night thinking I need some sugar, <laughs> just a, you know, a Snickers bar, something, you know what I mean? Anything. Uh, but, 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 but later on we rec recognize that it's way better for us. 
we choose the scene of our own suffering though sometimes. And, and because of that, I think we, you know, we lead, we're led to believe that all suffering is bad. And the problem is, man, we're passing these assumptions onto our kids. We make everything fast and it's good to have fast things, all right? But, but when, when, we, when we expect everything to be fast, we're telling ourselves and our children that slow is bad. Anything that takes time is bad. I don't know about you, man. I'd rather have a homemade burrito than a microwave burrito any day. It takes a little longer, but it's way better, right? You know what I'm talking about? We make everything easy, man, and we, and we, and we send this message that hard is bad. We make everything entertaining, and we, we send this message that boring is bad. We make everything um, um, safe, and we, and we send this message that risk is bad. We, we hand everything to everyone, you know, to our younger kids. We're just handing all this stuff out, and we're, and we're entitling, and we're, and, we're, and we're saying, you deserve, and you deserve, and, and, we're, and, we're, and we're, we're challenging them that the labor is bad. When slow and, and hard and boring and risk and labor is what literally, if you want to get you know, patriotic, is what our country has been built on. But let me just take it a little bit more close to home. I, uh, we do all this and we wonder why, we, why sometimes our youth hesitate in following Christ because it takes a long time and it's risky. Sometimes I feel like it might be boring, but it's, it's, it's actually giving you an opportunity for headspace. It's hard. There's work involved. In our, for, in our pursuit for, for protection, we, we give up our opportunity for growth. Many of us, if not all of us, would not be the person that we are today if not for some of this conditional suffering that was taking place in our life. If not for some of the hard times that we've gone through, that God has allowed us to work through. I say this, and some people get mad at me for saying this. I love the fact that God is not building any sissies. He's not making sissies, man. He's like, oh, let me get you out of here. Oh, let me get you out of there. Oh, it's hot. Okay, it's cold. No, 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 no. He's like, okay, it's crazy. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. It's going to get nuts. All right, it's going to get crazy. And I love the way Blake put it, but don't freak out because I'm with you. I've overcome it. I'm involved in it. Suffering is a life builder a lot of times. I'm not saying all suffering is good. Please do not misunderstand. There's some of us are going through some stuff that I, I, I don't agree with, man, that we should not be, I just don't want to suffer like this. It's crazy. I don't want this happening. I lost my brother a couple of years ago. I did not agree with that. I didn't agree with God. I didn't, I didn't like that. You know, natural causes, man. I was like, well, he's my age. Didn't agree with that, man. I was, I'm still not okay with it. But again, I'm not, I'm, uh, you know, his sovereignty, my desires, I'm like, he's got a part. I don't know what you're doing, man, but I'm just gonna trust you. Sometimes when we're suffering for the sake of the gospel, we're like, wait a second, I'm a Christian. Shouldn't I be having a little bit easier road? Jesus himself said this in Luke 9, 23. He said, he said if anyone would come after me, anyone would come after me. If anyone would say Christian, if anyone would say Jesus follower, if anyone would say Jesus person, if any one of us would say the church, we're the church. Let him deny himself. Take off his cross 
daily and follow me. If anyone would choose a family name and come after our King, our Savior, expect craziness to pop up at any moment. He said, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This, these are the words of Jesus Christ. He said it. We have to figure out what to do with that, right? Oh, yeah, oh he's talking to, yeah, that was, yeah, anyway. That was before we had cars and cell phones and stuff, right? Nah, man, this is for, this is for, the followers, man, this is for his, his family. We can't expect to bear the name of Christ and not expect to bear the sufferings of Christ. First Peter chapter three, verse 14. He says, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let not none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Basically, getting in everybody else's business. Sometimes people make it their business to make other people's business their business, and they wonder why people don't want them in their business. You know what I'm saying? If you suffer because of the name of Christ, it's because you look like Christ, right? Not because you're a Christian, you're making other people feel small. Look at he says in, in verse 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. It's time for us to redeem the family name. I've talked to so many different people who say, I don't, I don't use that name anymore. You know what? I do. Peter used it. It was good enough for him. It's still good enough for me. Oh, I don't use it because people, you know what? I'm not gonna let nobody take my name. I'm gonna, you know, there are other people who call themselves Christians across the world and they're painting us with a bad brush. I get it. I'm pulling out a good brush. Amen. Yeah. And I'm gonna show them my, I'm gonna do my best, at least in my little area to, to show them what Jesus really does look like as best I can. I'm not gonna get it right hundred percent of the time, but I'm, but I'm gonna strive for it. Right. And that's what we do. It's time for us to redeem the family name. How are we going to do that? by being willing to suffer alongside one another. To be willing to suffer for the sake of others. That's what Jesus, he does that. It's not all he does, but it is definitely a part of taking up your cross daily and following him. Being willing to suffer alongside one another, the church, being willing to suffer for others who are not in, maybe not in, who are in the church or not in the church. We may not be the ones who are having our doors kicked down and we're challenged to, you know, to, you know there's so many stories of people across the world who are being killed still today for their faith, being imprisoned for their faith, being beaten and tortured, separated from their family horribly for their faith. That is actually happening. It's not happening here. We're actually in a time and place where on a surface level, people are okay with Christians. As long as you only do this thing on Sunday, we're good. So how in the world do we 
suffer for the faith. I mean, we begin by having the same heart that Jesus does for his church. Number one, there are inconveniences that we just need to get over. And that is loving one another in this room and caring for one another in this room. It's awesome. It's easy to run and celebrate with other people in this room. But to hurt with others, that's the thing, man. To have the same heart that Jesus has for his church, the same heart that he has for the hurting, the same heart that he has for the poor and the destitute and the fatherless and the widow and the single moms like we're doing this mama's program. When we see pain, we need to run to it. We need to run to pain all for his glory. To start trying to feel what other people are feeling. I believe as Christians, we're very compassionate. I believe that we, 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 we display uh, and we have compassion for hurting. Well, we'll, 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 well, compassion is a great thing and it does a lot. Compassion will help. Uh, if, if somebody sees somebody in trouble or hurting, the compassion will, will try to provide, you know, way, you know, oh, you know, help in the hurt. But I think we also need to add to our compassion empathy. And sometimes that's empathy is a really, really hard thing. I've shared this before. Compassion, when see somebody stuck in a hole and cold and hungry, compassion says, I'm going to get help, but I'm also going to give you a blanket and I'm also going to give you some food. Compassion is a great thing. Empathy says, let me get in the hole with you. Let me see what you're feeling. Let's work it. Let's get out of here together. I think if we can be both compassionate and, and have empathy, I think we'll have a more closer heart to Christ. Because he got in the fire with us. You see, God left heaven, came to earth to suffer and die as a human being. He didn't have to do none of that. He came to, to experience our human suffering on an extremely most intense level. And what does it look like for us to join him in that suffering? A couple of stories I'll end with, and, and I'm going to challenge you with something I've already challenged you with before, all right? I'm, I'm reading this, I was reading this book uh, by Ravi Zacharias and, and Vince Vitale, all right? And it's called Why Suffering. It's a great book. Vince was telling this story that as he was writing this last chapter of this book, he was walking through an airport in New York. And as he's going through this airport in New York, he saw this sign. I can't remember exactly what it says, but it was like, you know, multi-faith-based um, prayer room. He saw this sign. And as, he, as he's walking through the airport and he sees this sign, he keeps on walking. He says that he felt the, uh, an urge that he can only explain as coming from the Lord to go in to that prayer room. There, there's somebody in there he needed to talk to. And, and he tried to ignore it, but he kept going and he kept nagging at him. So he turned around and he walked back over to that prayer room, walked inside of it. And in the corner of the room, he saw a man, his age, around the mid thirties on the ground, just sobbing. And as he walked in, the man looked at him and he says, are you a religious person? And then they, they began to have a conversation about faith. And in the middle of the conversation, the man looks at Vince and he says, how, how, he's, uh, what did he say exactly? I wrote this down. He says, if God exists, why is there so much suffering? Why does it seem like he's missing in the middle of so much suffering? And Vince went on to tell him, look, man, that very question you're asking, 
He goes, I'm actually in the, in, in the middle of writing a book that I believe God has led me to write. And it's weird that I was walking by here. And as I was walking by here, God nudged me to come in here because there was somebody in here he wanted me to talk to. And it's crazy that you have that very question that I'm writing, you know, partnering on a book with. And it's pretty amazing to have this amazing conversation. And Vince says that sometimes God is most present when our suffering can make him seem most absent. Sometimes we can't see much on our own and we need people outside to show us where they see God inside and around our life. Sometimes we need somebody to get in the hole with us. And sometimes that somebody is you who is going to choose to suffer. He also shared another story where his aunt was uh, going through some crazy stuff, man, because her, his, her older son was just was extremely uh, disabled and going through all kinds of just mental problems, disabled problems. And Vince, he, he said early, before he wrote this book, he was doing this, he, did a, he just did a paper in college on human suffering, and he thought he was going to go ahead and just tell his aunt what's going on. And he started telling her all these things. Well, here's this, and here's why, and here's why. She patiently and, and respectfully listened to what he had to say. And then when he was done, she said, Vince, I understand, that's great. I, I really like your, your, you did a lot of study in this area, but that's not what a mother needs right now. You see, sometimes people need, need us to get in the hole with them and try to help figure a way out. Other times people just need us to get in there and just hurt with them. And just maybe own a little bit of that suffering from them to feel with them, to hurt with them, and maybe even to hope with them. We want God to be more obvious. I understand that, man. But I believe that God wants us to, to follow him, not because he's overpowering, but because we trust him. Paul goes on to say, and I'll just finish these, these verses right here and, and we're done here. He says, for it is time for, for judgment to begin at the household of God and it begins with us, all right? What will, what, what will be the outcome of, of those who do not obey? If it begins with us, what will be the outcomes of those who don't obey the gospel, all right? And if righteousness is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer, suffer according to God's will and trust their souls, trust to, their souls to a faithful creator while doing good recognizing that we cannot expect to bear the name of Christ and not expect to bear any of the sufferings of Christ. So here's what I want you to do this week, man. This is what I want you to take home. And we've done this before. We've done, you're going to probably recognize this. I think we just talked about this last week. You know, number one, I want, I want us to suffer with Jesus. All right, we need to learn to suffer with Jesus for and with those who are suffering around you. Suffer with Jesus for those around you. I'm with those around you. And how are we going to do this? The same way we talked about it last week. Sit, listen, and serve. Take some time to pause your life while their life is on hold because of their suffering and sit with them. And when you sit with them, don't try to overpower them with all you've learned about suffering and all the scriptures say about, well, this is what God said was going to happen. Now listen, listen to them. Listen to their story. Listen to their hurt. Listen to their struggles. Listen in love. And if you sit and if you listen, well, then you're going to find out how to love them. 
You're going to find out how to serve them and then serve them. Not the way you want to or the way that, you know what, this is what I want done for me. No, the way that you are listening for them for. Serve them. We cannot expect to bear the name of Christ and not expect to bear the sufferings of Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord.